welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. Just sat here on a very big desk looking at a very small computer now. <laughs> <laughs> you finally sold the iMac. It's gone. I can't believe it. It's finally gone. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird because... Um, I was making like final arrangements on Wednesday and the guy was coming on Thursday and I was like, do I even want to sell it? Yeah. No, we spoke, we spoke about it a bit, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, like sort of, I was having doubts the weekend before and I, yeah, I, I just kind of, I wasn't even sure when, like when the guy came, like whether I still really wanted to be selling it, just like the whole doubt thing that was hanging over me. Um, mm. and I kind of just forced myself to do it in a way. Yeah. And now, now it's gone. I, I am glad that it's gone because I just haven't, I haven't even gone near it in so long, just because yeah. of the way life is and everything. And yeah, I think it makes sense. It's good yeah, to see good. that it's going to get some use somewhere else at least, because it was getting like one one use a week when we were doing this show, and then well, it got to the point that I just started doing the show on the laptop as well. So yeah, kind that's, of uh, kind of pointless. It is a bit. I can I can understand the sort of feeling you were saying though, as it was kind of the sale was going through. You were almost having like seller's remorse or something sort of going on there at that point. Like kind of like yeah, yeah. It was it was weird. And to be fair, like the guy who I was selling it to made it the most easy sale in the world. Um, like he he rocked up and he didn't even he didn't even really look at it. He he just kind of yeah sat down. He was like, well, yeah. Um, shall I shall I reboot it or something? I was like, Yeah, sure, if you want, go ahead. And um <laughs> he, he shut it down and he was like, Oh, how'd you turn it on? I was like, Oh, there's a button around the back and he pressed it. Oh, okay, cool. Sits there for thirty seconds. Obviously it's an SSD, so it boots quite fast. It boots and he's like, Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna tell much more by sitting here looking at it, am I? It obviously works and paid the full asking price. Didn't even attempt to haggle, which I thought he was gonna, to be fair, because Yeah. Uh I sold Remember I said I sold like a a PS3 slash PS4 steering wheel yes. that I used to use for playing Gran Turismo. I sold that to a guy and he seemed really keen, like messaging and stuff. And then, but he never mentioned price. So I just thought, well, he's probably going to pay the full price. And of course he got here and then when he was in person, he started haggling. Because I guess if you're the person trying to get money off, you're more likely to get it in person than over a message. I would, I would wager. Yeah. And at the last few minutes as well. Yeah, sort of like I'm here now. I've got the cash. Do you want it or not? Kind of thing. You kind of got a bit more power as the as the as the buyer. Yep. Versus if you try and just like you know take a chance on an instant message to a seller, being like, "Hey, do you fancy doing it at this price?" You can just get a message back saying, "Nope," and then it's like, "Oh, okay." And like the other person might just stop responding to you. Yep. Um, I kind of thought, well, this guy with the iMac, he hasn't mentioned price throughout the whole correspondence at all. He's just been like the practicalities of when can we both meet up, like you know what day's good, what time, that kind of stuff. And he got here and I thought, right, he's going to he's gonna start hanging on the price. But no, he got his phone out, um, bank transferred me the full amount, and then within five minutes he was gone. It was just so surreal. It was really, it was just odd. That's crazy. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah it's uh, good. I mean, I managed to avoid the whole sort of eBay, PayPal thing. I was really reluctant to go down that route. Yeah. Um, just because, I, I, I don't know. I've tried. I've tried selling a few Apple bits on eBay before, and obviously my account has. I've basically not done anything with it. I've never really bought much or sold anything. So reading around, it's kind of like you're seen as a target because you're seen as being a bit new to the game, and you might fall for stuff. 
So yeah, like I tried selling like an iPod Touch ages ago, and sure enough, the buy it now price it got bought within like four minutes of me listing it, and I was like, oh sweet, cool, eBay's awesome, it's really quick. Um, little did I know, like I was being someone's trying to scam me out, out of the iPod. Essentially, they were like, oh, we, we've we've PayPal'd you the money, but it's um it's in a, it's in a pending state, and you know they were sending me all these emails as well at the same mm-hmm. time. They were sort of private messaging me, sort of saying, oh yeah, this is how it works, and then emails were coming in and they looked pretty authentic there was only like a couple of grammatical errors that sort of raised my eyebrow initially that sort of flagged the uh raised the alarm as it were wow but essentially they wanted me to post it off and then the idea was is that paypal would then release the funds when the tracking number has been confirmed and of course by that point i've already sent it off into the it's ether and they're probably they're probably going to yeah. get the, the item right so i didn't want to go down that road again not really i had similar experiences when i was clearing out uh, before we uh, left the UK for New Zealand. So some of the tech that I was selling on eBay, uh, just just to sort of get, um, like I say, get cleared out and just, just get rid. Some of it was reasonably pricey. You know, I had like a video mixer um, that I'd not used in years. And yeah, that, that was uh, similar sort of experiences. So you end up with um, situations like... Um, where is where is this item? Somebody really kicking off at you because you know I've not had this thing and I've, I've spent all this much, and then you know I've sent it tracking with with tracking I've sent it recorded and all of that. So I, I look at the tracking reference, and sure enough, it's been signed for at their address earlier on that day uh, with their <laughs> with their name and everything on it as well, and, and a copy of what they've signed. Because you know that will get scanned and sent back through to to the system. And so when I reply back and I copy in that image, I then get a reply from them a bit later on. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. It, it was um, it was actually delivered to my neighbours. Yeah. Right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. And and this happened like variations of that happened almost sort of every other time really. So. Yeah, I don't you often use. It? Yeah, it does. It really does. I mean, we don't have eBay here in New Zealand, and we we have a system called Trade Me, uh, which is a local company does much the same sort of thing. Uh, and that that's a bit different. It is a bit different because we don't have PayPal, and I think sometimes what goes on with eBay is because they had to do so much to start to protect buyers, uh, it kind of skews the system. So you've got a lot of protection as a buyer on eBay, but then as a seller, that 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 kind of means that you don't have that protection. Certainly not when something's paid for through PayPal, it yeah. becomes sort of super easy for uh, a buyer to sort of say something's gone wrong, and then eBay just refunds them the money via PayPal. And if you've not got the funds still sat there in your PayPal account that they've paid you, then it will try and draw from whatever card you've got connected to PayPal. So I've had this situation before where somebody's tried to do this, put a claim through, and then it's dragged, you know, a couple hundred pounds straight out of my account. Wow. Uh, yeah, because uh, I'd already shifted that money and used it otherwise yeah. as well. You know, I've sold the item, everything's good, got my tracking reference, move on, move on. Um, It's been delivered even. You know, but, um, then we're talking sort of within that window that there is after the item's been sold 
sense and everything else. There's still a little bit of time, and that person's then put a claim in, and boom, that, that's that's what happened. It um, nearly sank the account that I had connected into um, into its overdraft because that wasn't my main account. You know, sensible enough not to have eBay wired straight through to the family joint account, you know. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this guy was said to me, "Oh, I can PayPal you the money if you want." I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> you know, cash or bank transfer, please, because I, I I don't really want to go near that. Not to mention they'll take three. Is it three and a half percent plus twenty pence or whatever for the? Yep. So I mean, if you're talking sort of you know decent money for an iMac, that's a even three percent is a decent portion of that. Um, trying to do some quick maths now on what that would be. I mean, probably best part of fifty quid. Um, yeah. just in PayPal fees. Um, I mean, eBay would have taken 10% for the final listing fee. Had yeah, they gone there. Yeah. So it would have been 10% plus the 3.5%, and then you're, you're down loads by that point. And, and yeah, like, you know, the guy said, I'll pay you in PayPal. And I was like, well, no, I, I really don't want to do that. Because I was reading that if, as a seller, you're protected if, like you said, you've got all the tracking numbers and stuff like that. So if there is a dispute about, oh, this thing never turned up, mm-hmm. whatever, um, then like you say, you can enter all your tracking numbers and then that can hopefully be resolved properly in that, you know, you won't lose out as the seller. Yeah. However, if you, it, I did read, I think it was on the PayPal site or somewhere, um, if you pay with PayPal, but then the person comes and collects in person as the seller, you're then not protected by that? No, no. So they could no basically, means. yeah, exactly. There's no, no no way of knowing, is there? So the, no. the guy could get home in my iMac having paid with PayPal Lodge a complaint being like, well, I've bought this iMac and it's like a an empty box or whatever. Yeah. And then as a seller, I'm like, well, no, because he came to my house and he got it. And they'll be like, well, we don't care. Like, <laughs> what use is that to us? That's like, whose word do we take? So they're obviously going to side with the buyer probably, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the ultimate recourse in that sort of situation is. I imagine like, you know, pull the thread far enough and then it becomes, well, uh, can you get the police involved? Can you go down that sort of route or, or what? Um, because you know, it feels like there has to be some sort of, you know, final kind of book stops at some point. It feels very much like eBay just kind of tries to do as much to sort of stay out of that as possible, really. And mm. I can't really blame them from a business perspective in terms of how they're sort of, you know, structuring their approach and all of that. But equally, if you got to that point, couldn't imagine like police services or anybody really being interested <laughs> no you know so yeah. okay yeah please don't waste our time sort of thing because this is going on all the time as well so yeah i think you've done well to have such a good sale to be honest i, I think that's, that's quite a good news story really in the end yeah I, I did lose out on 16 pounds because i thought um there was one person who was going to have it who in the end let me down, but he was like, oh yeah, I've, I've got the cash. I'll just pay in cash if that's okay. I'm like, yeah, sweet, cool. Um, and then it suddenly dawned on me, like what if I get a load of fake banknotes or something? Cause <laughs> well, you know, he could like be wandering off like, thanks, bye with my iMac yeah. under his arm. <laughs> and I'm there with like a load of monopoly money, like, oh damn it. Kind <laughs> of afterwards. So I, um, yeah, I ordered one of those UV, um, light bulb things right. to check banknotes. Um, and of course I never needed it in the end cause this guy let me down and the guy just wanted to do, a bank transfer which is which was cool yeah um it's quite interesting though um because i got a little book with it as well that like the uh, the bank of england send out with each one of these money scanners and just interesting learning about that kind of thing really yeah um, so 
if I do ever sell anything with cash again, I guess I've got a little money scanner that's quite cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, it all worked out. I was reading um, one scam apparently with things like IMAX in particular is that some buyers will buy it, um, gut all of the parts, stick the screen back on, and then send it back as faulty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, it's you don't see it often because um, essentially no one's going to risk an eBay account of any standing that you know, they've had it for ages and that mm. kind of thing. It's basically going to be like a new account that they use to buy it and do this kind of thing with. So I guess as a seller, you could say, I don't want to have people buying from me that haven't got any ratings or whatever. But yep. um, yeah, lots of horror stories. So yeah, I'm glad glad I got away with it. But yeah, it's it's all good. Like I've just got this really kind of empty feeling office now. Like I'm just sat here on this huge desk with a 15-inch MacBook Pro that seems kind of lost in it already. But it's, uh, it's all good. Just kind of uh, sitting back, waiting for whatever's next, I suppose. Waiting for that uh, that March event. Well, well, yes and no. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the event itself is rumored at this point, right? Is it kind of rumored for the twenty fifth? Yeah, yeah, it is, and and it is rumored. I don't think I've seen anything go out yet. I mean, in terms of like invites or anything like that. Yeah, and I get the feeling it's going to be kind of Apple's video streaming service, kind of focused around that. Yep. So I would be surprised if we see anything like hardware related, or at least Mac hardware related at that event. Yeah, and actually thinking about it, like it feels like was it this time last year that we had um the educational announcement? Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah that that was um the the base level iPad. Uh the um the crayon. For oh yeah, the as well, which which I've really <laughs> heard nothing that? about since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess Apple Pencil Two kind of took all the limelight there, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, and I mean, like the the um, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a actual narrative there in terms of what schools have actually done with the crayon uh, and that side of things with the entry level iPad. But I sort of feel like it was announced, and then we've never heard anything else. Mm. Uh, but that, yeah. It does uh, does kind of feel like that sort of time of year and that that level of announcements again. I guess is perhaps what's on the cards. Uh, yeah, and I did see somewhere that there's a rumored ten point two inch iPad, just like regular iPad. Yeah. So I don't know whether the uh, yeah the the, the the iPad that we saw at the educational event last year um, is going to get the same kind of treatment. Maybe where the bezels get thinner. Um, perhaps I guess. I, yeah, I, I honestly don't know what to expect at this event because if they're going to do talk about things like the video streaming service and haven't didn't they buy Texture, which was like a magazine subscription thing? Yeah, and yeah, there's rumours that they're going to kind of roll in or roll out rather something something of that nature where you subscribe to magazines and news publications like the New York Times and you know, that, that that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, typically what presenta- their presentations are like what an hour and a half two hours yeah now unless it's a purposeful you know purposefully a very sort of short presentation like what what are they going to talk for two hours about a video streaming service Mm. probably not i don't probably (laughs) not no um yeah i mean it's it's really hard to to tell i guess as, as to exactly what that um that event might contain i mean one of the other bits is that 
potentially we might be seeing an update to the iPad Mini, which has, has been on like version four for quite some time now. So I could kind of see them like grouping together a few sort of like bumps on things and and maybe something around the um, the entry level iPads, and then having that as a sort of like that plus what's going on with with whatever with the um, subscription services and that end of things. Yeah, it just strikes me as like they're, they're two very different things. You've got like their traditional hardware business and then this new venture they're going for. Mm. And I'd imagine they're probably going to be marching celebrities out on stage as well, sort of you know, like the Jennifer Aniston's and you know, whoever else is involved <laughs> in creating their original content. Um, yeah, it just it's just going to seem, in my head now, it's like it could be quite jarring to be like, and this is the new iPad mini, and now here's Jennifer Aniston to tell you about a video streaming service. It's like, what? <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. it always needs to be one event or the other. Um, I mean, I guess they could probably fill up an hour and a half with, you know, whatever subscription services they're going to be coming out with. Um, they, you know, they by, by the time you bring bring the guests out and the different directors and show a few trailers and teasers and talk about the magazines and the movies and everything, I suppose you could fill up that amount of time. You could do. I do wonder if maybe this would be a, a different type of announcement. So if you think about, well, uh, a typical kind of Apple announcement now it does have a format to it you know here's if you think about here's a bit of hardware like you say we're going to bring some celebrities out to talk about these particular things and and it is a very uh kind of stereotype form of delivery now and i do wonder well maybe if we're talking about something that is a um talking about something that is a subscription of some sort if it's going to be connected to anything they're doing with with TV even, then maybe the announcement for that comes in a, a slightly sort of different form. Uh, I guess I'm thinking like, well, it, it would be um, something that was kind of more related to, to what it is, if you see what I mean. So, so if it's um, a new service, that sort of thing, then maybe the announcement is that it is available, that there is um, something that kind of uh, onboards you straight into that. And so your attention to sort of go and see, well, what is it actually is everybody kind of diving straight on that and looking at what the the subscription is. And then there's some sort of announcement in the process of doing that. Yeah, that sort of guides you into the into the service. So rather than it being an hour long presentation or something like that, maybe it's actually more there. There is an event, you know. There's something available to dive straight on and have a look at. Uh, if we were talking, it was an announcement of anything to do with um, with TV content, for instance. It would be, you know, some something that drags you straight into using that. And uh, if we're talking about um, sort of small bumps to the lower end of the hardware and that sort of stuff, perhaps that doesn't even need an event if they're not actually releasing any sort of new form factor or any type of uh, change to the, the pencil or anything like that. You know, maybe it is just there's a load of things that are suddenly marked new on the yeah. website and, that, and that's it. You know, uh, I, I'm not sure I actually see them changing the size of the, the entry-level iPad now. Uh, I could kind of see them, like I say, bumping the processor maybe. but Yeah, really I kind of read that else. that was kind of that was kind of like signed and sealed really that it was going to go to a bigger bigger size um just by like you know point something of an inch not much but um 
But again, that could just be, you know, like all, all the, you know, John Gruber's and Renee Ritchie's all go to like a, an apartment that Apple hire in New York for the day, get a briefing, and then all of a sudden every sort of YouTuber and blogger is, that's their content for the next week. And it could be a rollout like that. Yeah. Much like the, you know, remember the MacBooks from last year? Uh, the MacBook yep. Pro, sorry, sort of one day in July, all of a sudden I go onto YouTube on the Apple TV and my recommended feed is, you know, um, MKBHD with the new MacBook. Then you got uh, Dave2D with the new MacBook and then you got iJustine with the new MacBook and every single person, <laughs> Apple Insider with the new MacBook, hands-on, first impressions. And before you know it, I, I can look anywhere but and not see the MacBook. And then, of course, when the whole thermal thing took off as well, <laughs> it, it, it got worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, hardware like a new iPad, an iPad mini, that kind of stuff that's, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool for, it's cool, but I, I, I don't, it's not kind of like, I don't think it warrants a whole event, does it? And it might no. be a distraction from whatever they've got in the can for their Apple subscription service, video streaming thing, whatever it's going to be. And, and that's another question in itself, like what are they going to offer? Um, it's it's interesting. I think that I I... <laughs> I'm in this weird place and I, I don't know where you are in terms of what a what you can get in New Zealand and b what you're willing to sign up to sort of as a family but I almost feel like I'm at my limit now with subscriptions and oh. all I've got really is like Netflix and Amazon but to me that's 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 enough that's almost too much really um yeah and the thought of having another one is kind of like well not sure I really want it for me it would have to replace something so I'd be be looking at well okay does this let me do I sort of stand Netflix down for a couple of months while I check this out, for example? Because we, we quite regularly kind of get to uh, an, an end with Netflix in terms of the stuff that we like to watch. It doesn't last for long. You know, we sort of reach these kind of dry periods of maybe a week or two where it's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm sick of this. You know, <laughs> sort of looking through and it, it kind of feels like, um, at times to me, Netflix feels like when uh, you used to get, like, bargain dvd barrels in, yeah. in shops you know you're sort of looking through the the the, the um let's say the the barrel of dvds kind of thing just trying to find something that's cheap and decent sort of watch over the weekend or whatever and netflix sometimes feels like that because i've seen all the stuff that i really want to see so if something new came out from apple and it looked attractive yeah, I'd, I'd probably do the trial period and run it side by side, but with an eye on, well, does this let me put Netflix down for a while? Because like you say, you know, the, the amount of subscriptions is uh, prohibitive after a point. You know, I've already got this, I've already got that. We're not one of those sort of families where we're going to subscribe to absolutely every single thing and assume that that's great because we were spending previously quite a lot on sky or cable tv or something like that we've never spent that money anyway so yeah. it, it doesn't yeah, feel like i'm saving anything by by sort of you know cord cutting in that way it's actually adding a virtual cord at that point by having lots of services so yeah um it would have to be pretty good uh and pretty um comprehensive I guess, you know, if it's specialized content and it's still costing as much as Netflix or something like that, and, and there's, you know, the quality could be brilliant, but if there's not the quantity, then again, it, we're going to suffer at that point. It needs to have both. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally find that, like, 
what you said then about you kind of get a bit sick of Netflix, like that really resonates because it was only last night that, um, yeah, the kids finally went down to sleep. Both of them went to sleep. We're like, right, this is our time now. Netflix, what do we watch? And then just looked at it and it was like, nah, nah, I don't know, don't know, next, 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 next. There's nothing. Um, so we kind of, right, okay, sk- skip Netflix. Let's go and look on Amazon. And then sure enough, we found something on Amazon. And normally it kind of works that way. Sometimes we're on Amazon, we're like, nah, nah, nah. And then we go over to Netflix, we're like, oh, yeah, we'll watch that. So with those two, we're kind of covered. Yep. It's just kind of like our, our kind of television watching needs as a whole is just completely covered by those two. And I don't, I don't really see that we need any more. I mean, the only thing I can possibly see is if like Apple, with their original content, somehow get like the next Game of Thrones or, or something like that, that, you know, the thing that you've got to see. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe I might subscribe just to watch that one thing for a bit. But yeah, to have a sort of a, a permanent ongoing subscription, I I find it hard to to entertain seriously. Um, the only way I could maybe get behind it is if they were to bundle Apple Music with it in some kind of like family plan where like I could yeah. have it, Heather could have it on her phone, we could have it on our Amazon Echo downstairs, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah, sure. Throw in some magazines and newspapers if you want. That's fine too. Maybe even throw in some iCloud storage for everybody because that's um, that's yeah, that's always quite welcome. So <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is like if it, if it were bundled, I think it would make more sense, and I'd be more willing to consider it. But just another video service, like you were saying, we've never had Sky, um, and I know people spend a lot of money on Sky. But yeah, we've never really felt like oh, we're saving all this money. It's like no, no, this is definitely another like. I don't, I don't know what it costs. I don't know what Netflix is. Is it like nine pounds a month now or something like that? But that's still another nine pounds a month that's going out. And yeah. yeah, to have something on top of that, I feel like no, that's that's kind of too much to have have three things on the go constantly just to watch the TV. Um, that's yeah. I think I've kind of reached my point with it really. And I yeah, I just wonder whether Apple maybe has kind of come at it at the wrong time. I know they're they're never first to things, are they? Generally. I guess it depends on what it is as well. That's that's the thing that we've not got sight of. You know, I mean, I'm sort of thinking, well, okay, for me to to stand Netflix down or something like that, it's got to be there's got to be a breadth of um, entertainment there and some quality. And then on the other end of the scale, you're sort of saying, okay, to add another subscription uh, for me, it'd be better if it was bundled and perhaps not. Um, entirely as much in terms of the cost and maybe there's there's room there for it to be something more complimentary talking about specials and that sort of thing where it is rolled into to apple music but perhaps there's just not the breadth of content there but what there is there's quality so you know if you you you, you could argue it is costing uh, as much or perhaps more than something like netflix but you're getting apple music which gives you a service that you're going to get something out of and quite a lot of content plus then this other kind of more premium content for for video and, and that sort of entertainment as well uh so, yeah. so maybe there is some sort of other ground here that apple might be trying to occupy with it yeah i keep getting the itch for like apple music again actually the last few weeks um i've been using spotify on my desktop um, yep. a lot more because that's now you can get it sort of the free plan on the desktop again which is cool um, so yeah, I've been getting the urge for um, 
maybe Apple Music again. So if they could bundle something, I guess maybe I could consider. But I'd still feel awful even just paying another ten pounds for Apple Music. It's like you know, we've already got Amazon Prime, we've got Netflix. It's probably loads of other yeah. rubbish I'm subscribed to that I don't realise. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think what you're saying about you know Apple would need to have a, a breadth of content. I think given their budget, I think they had a budget of a, a billion dollars to make stuff with. Yeah. Um, and I think that's broken down into some original content and some stuff that they'll just buy off the shelf, you know, just like license it from somewhere. Right. Um, so stuff that already exists and they'll just have it bundled with their service. Much like, you know, you might find friends on, on Netflix. Obviously Netflix are paying a fortune to have friends on their That, that, yeah. that kind of arrangement. Um, and you compare and contrast that budget to what Netflix was last year. I think they were, it's either seven or eight billion. Okay. So... Yeah. While a billion sounds like a lot, you think, oh, Apple is spending a billion dollars, but actually it's it's a, a fraction of what Netflix is currently spending. So it's um Yeah. Yeah, I kind of imagine that we're just it's just gonna be like a light version of, of Netflix with some original content which may or may not be good. Um and if you yeah. look at the uh, the news that came out last week about T V producers feeling Apple are being sort of interfering and not wanting sort of things to be too nasty or, or mean or whatever. Um yeah, I've just got serious doubts, basically, about whether they can actually pull it off. Yeah, yeah, I agree, to be honest with you. It's, um, TV's one of those fields where it feels like Apple should play, but, but I just don't feel like they've been um, been playing in the right way. Like, in general, you know, if I think about what the Apple TV has actually ended up sort of being as a platform and that side of things, uh, you know, when that was announced and we had the whole... As developers, we had the whole app story around it, which is just not really eventuated. You know, I mean, that there is the ability to make apps for the Apple TV, but I don't think anybody's really buying them, you know. <laughs> uh, so it sort of feels like, um, it feels like Apple, like I say, should be over there, but how they end up being over there kind of comes off a bit sort of uh, at right angles in some ways at times. And and I think some of that is to do with the incumbents. It's to do with what they've got to, you know, what, what they're up against in terms of of getting over there and getting all of the companies and, and, and different cable providers, channel providers and that sort of thing um, to cooperate in terms of doing something together or, or disseminated through the Apple TV in one spot. You know, it was never really going to happen, and I'm sure that's part of the play they tried to make. Uh, and so, because those those people, those those companies, rather, will not behave in that kind of way in cooperation with Apple, then yeah, there's a limit to what Apple can really do. I feel like they need to have a cheaper hardware option as well, because the Apple TV is um, when you can, comp- like you say, when when you look at the original vision for Apple TV, you can almost justify its price tag because it had, you know, it's quite hefty computing power in in that little box and it had quite yep. a, a grand vision so it's kind of like yeah okay i can get on board with this and i i see why it costs more but actually you see what it's become and it's just a, a streaming box for yeah. me it is anyway um i look at the top row of apps i've got on it and besides looking at photos from icloud it's you know it's netflix it's youtube it's bbc iplayer it's amazon prime um that's kind of it really and then i look at other solutions that are out there that cost like you know 25 pounds or 30 pounds there's not a lot of difference i mean albeit that they're, they're not apple devices so there's you know 
the remotes are a bit more plasticky, but arguably work better than the one that we've got with Apple TV. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess I'd like to see if if they're going to announce this kind of thing. I'd also like um, some kind of hardware announcement on the Apple TV side as well, almost like the uh, the kind of HDMI dongle style thing, maybe. Yeah. Like the like the Fire Stick or the Chromecast, something cheap. I mean, it doesn't have to be like twenty nine pounds, like at Amazon Fire Stick level. Maybe forty nine. I could live with because yeah. you know it's Apple. It's going to cost more. I get it. Yeah, that's just that's just it, isn't it? Really, it's just the way. The I mean, way you're, it is. Al- you're almost asking for the old Apple TV, just in a smaller case and kind of shrunk down after a point. Yeah, and I'm sure they can do something at that price point because if you can, if you distill what the needs are for most people, their Apple TV. Um, and I count myself in this, and I just use it to stream some video. Um. Yeah, sure. I mean, just like a little stick or something. Because I think if they're going to be making their original content, it's kind of incumbent upon them that they make that content accessible to as many people as possible. And if that means having a a cheap entry-level hardware option that might not be 4K, it might not be HDR, it might not have the new WYSI touchpad remote too, if they come out with something like that. It might just be a much like the old remotes that we used to have for the Apple TVs. That's fine, but I think that option needs to be there. If they're dumping a billion dollars into their own content, it has to be as accessible as possible, I think. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And if it's not going to be available via, uh, you know, the, the, the platforms that are there, I mean, to, to be on, um, to be available uh, on Chromecast or something like that, you sort of start talking about the idea of supporting um, those those sort of apps as well right so so if they're not going to have something that lets you off uh, offload that output to a chromecast then you're right there needs to be something at that same sort of level that is available from apple to compete yeah unless Uh, airplay 2 has a role to play perhaps potentially but again you know you're ability to access all of those existing screens that are out there and to be there uh i think it does come from having that sort of tiny little stick something that's really small that there's a fairly sort of nominal price um that somebody can just plug in and and go and and then it's just okay i switch the channel between my different inputs Uh, people are doing that already you know they they switch between uh uh, aerial supplied sort of over the air kind of feed f- to um a gaming device a playstation or an xbox or something to a chromecast or an apple tv or something like that people are used to switching between the the different inputs now uh so but in terms of like if you're going to wait for something like airplay 2 to be a thing or for something to be available through the the, the screen itself um no, they, they, it, like I say, I think they do need to kind of be there in terms of the sort of small little HDMI stick kind of space. Or they need to support the platforms that are already there on those sticks, which would be a really, really weird story. Yeah, subscribe to our service, but we've also got um, an Android app or something that lets you just Chromecast. Mm, doesn't feel like Apple at that point, and certainly not on day one. Yeah, but then Apple Music's on Android, right? Is it? I think so. Is it yeah. fully fully formed and functional over there? 
uh, well, I mean, defined fully formed, but yeah, um, right. I, I guess. Um, and uh, Apple Music is, whether it is, I haven't followed it up to date, but it either is now or will very soon be available on the Amazon Echo as well. Right. So that to me kind of shows, you know, maybe they are willing to sort of swallow a bit of pride maybe and have a bit of humility and and go over to the other platforms. And I think they have to. If they're in the subscription game and they want that broad market to watch their stuff, their original content that they've invested all this time and money in making, I don't think they're in a position to be like, well, you can only watch it if you have an iPhone or an Apple TV. Mm. I, I just... That's, to me, that's almost like it's doomed to fail. I mean, it could well be doomed to fail anyway. I just don't know whether Apple culturally can pull this off and sort of not interfere and, and you know, sort of just let the, the TV kind of creative people just get on and make decent TV that people want to watch. I worry that Apple are maybe going to, yeah, interfere a bit too much and it's going to end up being like, yeah, too... too I don't want to use the word family-friendly because there's nothing wrong with family-friendly content. Mm-hmm. But there's that kind of like appleness that I kind of think that's all they're going to do. They don't. They won't. They won't want to have something that's gritty and dark and you know got a bit of gore in it. They they wouldn't want to go there. And I think they might have to if they want to succeed in the kind of original content space. And and equally, if you're a TV creator, um, who you want to go want to who are you going to want to make shows for? You're going to make mm. shows for people like Apple who you think are going, might be restrictive and interfere. Um, and we've had reports last week that's kind of indicating that they have been doing that. Or are you going to want to go somewhere like Amazon or Netflix where, you know, looking at the stuff they've got on there, it's kind of like, yeah, sure, make what you want. We'll, you know, gladly have it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know whether that kind of cultural aspect of, of Apple is maybe going to stand in their way somewhat. It's going to be really interesting to see it play out. Um Yeah. Because yeah, obviously much. it's happening. This isn't this isn't some random rumor. This is like, I think the fact that they have to be dealing with like the movie industry and the TV industry, like the leaks are going to happen and they're going to be pretty solid. Um, and and they have been pretty solid, and we almost know for a fact that this is happening. So it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they position it as a product and how much they want to charge for it. Because I heard one rumor that they might not charge at all if you watch on an iPhone or a Mac or Apple TV. Wow. Um, that would yeah. be that'd be very interesting. That would be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, I wouldn't complain. I'd be like, "Sweet, free content, thanks very much." But well, you you imagine at that point if there is um if it's free, if I happen to have an Apple TV, um, if it's free, if I happen to buy a cut down stick or something like that, even as well, I can imagine the um the kind of cost cal- calculation of doing that suddenly becomes perhaps quite easy if you sort of think well okay it gives me uh this this extra service and i um but outside of of an apple product it it would cost i don't know let's let's put put it normally out there it's going to be 10 bucks a month or something like that yeah yeah and then you sort of think well okay but my entry level is this sort of you know 60 80 dollar stick you might look at it and think okay, I'll buy the stick because it's going to be the same as having this service for six months. You know, it's paid for itself within that time, that sort of thing. could be, So it's almost could be a tool to charge more for hardware? Uh, not even that. I think the idea would be about it being um, about it kind of making Apple 
friendly customers if you like it's getting people into the ecosystem in one way or another and it's at least it would be like a reward at that point for being part of the ecosystem so the idea is that customers have got more than one type of product with you as a brand are going to be stickier across all of those those products less likely to leave you less likely to you know unsubscribe or or whatever because it's they depend on you for more than one thing so but then at that point it's less actually about selling the hardware and more about like um providing an entry into your ecosystem at that point so the hardware you think there's a broader play yeah yeah potentially you know people who are coming across for that are then also more likely to uh to be paying for apple music for example after that point it could be an onboarding into that or they're more likely to uh to to be buying any other apple products if it was something where you know um it's my reward as being an apple customer of some sort to have access to this for free that that could be quite a big deal actually for for apple and their coverage overall so like your next iPhone or your next phone is an iPhone once you've already gone in on the Apple TV kind of thing or your gets, next tablet could be an iPad it's like that kind of thinking do you think Exactly yeah it gets you over the line um so maybe maybe there's something in that there and and especially if the um if the amount of content is smaller than other services as well that might be quite a good way of them sort of positioning it to begin with Yeah whether they're going to kind of be like a more like a boutique kind of HBO style outfit. Yeah. Where, you know, like HBO isn't massive, is it? But I mean, their catalog is strong, like really, really strong. You know, the Sopranos, the wire game of Thrones, I'm yeah. probably missing loads already off the top of my head, but like they've got a strong catalog, make no mistake. Um, and I wonder whether that's kind of where Apple sees themselves versus just having an endless supply of, you know, mediocre sort of, yeah, I think is it Stephen King said once like most most things you see on streaming services are like you know like cafeteria food, whereas occasionally you get and I think he was talking about Fargo. Mm. Um, he says occasionally you get like the equivalent of fine dining. That <laughs> was quite quite a cool way of looking at it. So yeah, maybe Apple want to be the fine dining, and that would be completely fitting with with them, I guess, as a company, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really would. So I, I could see. I could see there being something in there in terms of it. Um, like you say, there, there being some story around if you are an Apple customer through one of their products, maybe you get something back. Uh, mm. In terms of it being a fine dining sort of experience, well, maybe there's there's perhaps more than one tier going on here. There could be another aspect to it, you know? So maybe there's an entry level or a base service or something like that that you are definitely going to get as free as as an apple customer of their hardware and maybe there's a um the option to kind of spend more money if you've got it for certain premium things so i don't know i mean that would that not be after a point would that not be like combining this with what they've already had through through itunes and through being able to to pay for rent download films and that side of stuff if if that's yeah. all sort of rolled together in, in some sort of form, you know, you've got your, your base level service, but then when you want to watch a film through it as well or whatever, you, you've got that mechanism to go and, and spend more with them there. It would be quite cool, I think, to have almost like, 
some form of like credit system that this subscription maybe gives you. So maybe you get like two or three or four credits a month that you can use just to watch sort of the regular iTunes catalog. Yeah. Because they, they've got a serious catalog. It's, it's almost like more or less guarantee they've got it if you want to watch it. Um, it's not like with with Netflix, with Amazon, it's kind of like, well, have they got it? Maybe, but probably mm. not. If it's something specific that you're after, whereas you can almost bet that iTunes will have it. Um, yeah, so it might be quite cool if they could bundle in some kind of credit system um, where you get maybe get like one or two movies a month that you can sort of pick from the, the iTunes catalog because then I can see us doing that because mm. you know quite often we just watch whatever Netflix has just because we want something to watch and we're paying for it. But if... You know, if we knew we had a couple of credits, we could maybe sort of do a little movie night or something and make a thing of it. That that could be quite cool. Um, it make you much more likely to then go and rent a film or or, or purchase a film through that service. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, never done it. The time. Yeah, no, me either, really. Um, I've never ever it, done it. I think I did it for a film, one film many years ago. Uh, so a long and, and complicated story around that, uh, but. Uh, long and the short of it is is that I, I bought a film but then i also needed to remove the drm from that film in order to use it elsewhere so it wasn't <laughs> particularly the the greatest of stories um in terms of me becoming a customer for for the service um yeah <laughs> so i was gonna say i think there's something there in terms of us um as consumers and kind of perhaps our age group or kind of the way that we've grown up using uh the 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 internet and that side of stuff in general in terms of with with a subscription service you're not just um trying to outcompete the services that exist but for me you're also trying to outcompete that temptation to go back and start downloading everything for free again and that side of stuff right because i used to pirate stuff way back when and i know that that's still there you know, so for services has got a particular level of grind around it in one way or another. If it's not as easy as kind of like looking for something on BitTorrent or whatever, then you know I'm not going to use it. That's what you're competing against as well. After a point, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean that kind of side. I mean, I wouldn't even think of doing that now because it's like there's so many legal good options now with yep. Netflix and Amazon and even iTunes. I mean, it can be a bit pricey to rent stuff on iTunes, but if, if you do desperately want something, more often than not, it's there. I mean, I think I looked at the latest Star Wars. I looked at the price. I was like, you know what? I'll just go and buy the Blu-ray from Tesco's because it was on offer. <laughs> yep. It's only like I was only like a five or more, and then I actually own it. Um, so I think, yeah, iTunes can be a bit pricey, but yeah, it's almost like I, I forget that pirating is a thing. Like sometimes I'll you know, just bump into somebody or meet somebody and you end up talking about movies and films and then they just start talking about like pirating as if it's like, well, of course everyone does that. And I'm like, well, actually, no, <laughs> most, most people don't. Like, I haven't met someone that's been quite open about that in, in a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be that everyone knew somebody that had like a collection of basically anything you want, I've got it sort of thing. Um, but rarely, rarely do, you, do, I, do I encounter that these days. I, I think that's testament to how good these services are because you just don't need to like that most pretty much anything you want you can get and that's that's cool but similarly with music like spotify apple music i don't i don't don't pirate music no definitely pirated music for years because of 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 that being a much better service 
um, it's just easier. It's just better. Um, yeah. and, and that's, you know, that's part of where some of this stuff has to be. I, I guess I would tie that back around to what we were talking about at the beginning, though, in terms of how much we're willing or not willing, as it were, to pay for subscriptions. I think if you've had a, a generation that, uh, you know, their, their, their late teenage years or whatever had that as part of their, their introduction to media, yeah, which I certainly did. And a lot, of, I know a lot of my, my, um, you know, cohort, if you like, had that experience, you know, you, you want to watch film or whatever, just download it. It's just there. Um, so I think some of that might explain kind of my reticence to have like, you know, the full blown kind of cable experience level of, of, of payment, if you like, because I've never paid that. And part of the reason I never paid that was because of being able to use BitTorrent or whatever um at the age where I would have been otherwise would have been starting to become a consumer of that sort of level of service. Uh so I guess like what I think is normal for for a subscription level is kind of it started there. You know, originally as uh, uh, Netflix was having to outcompete BitTorrent for me. And then of course it did very very easily, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So so much easier and so much better, and it's all legit. Great, that's fine. Stand down, um, you know, all, all of my my old ways of kind of finding media and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of wonder if if that's uh, perhaps why I'm, I'm not willing to spend as much as I sort of see people maybe just a bit older than me kind of paying uh, for their media and that sort of thing. Maybe, but I think there's a natural point, isn't there, where it's not like the straw that breaks a camel's back kind of thing. Um, I think just like people can subscribe to lots of things and then there's just like that one extra subscription is what makes people sort of wake up and go, oh, actually, no, I, I, I'm subscribed to too much. Yep. And I'm I'm feeling that already and I'm only subscribed to two things. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm just like really stingy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think there's probably a broader conversation here for another day that we can revisit with regards to like app subscriptions and things like that. Yes, because um, it's all very much. Obviously, the media is different, but it's it's still subscriptions. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm feeling at the moment like enough's enough in terms of what I'm paying out for every month because it doesn't take much for stuff to add up. Um, it really doesn't, and I, I'm going to have to be very very impressed with what i see from apple um if if they do show us something on the 25th i mean what is it now we're recording on the 10th yep so probably is it two weeks tomorrow probably invites ought to be going out tomorrow or tuesday if there is going to be something going on i would mm. imagine um so yeah i'll have to wait and see i guess by the time this is posted we'll probably know if invites have gone out yeah we post on a thursday night so things will be a bit yeah, clearer yeah, going to be interesting to watch. I'm sure we can all um, obsess over the artwork of the invite and try and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what what little tagline do they use or something? You know, <laughs> but yeah, it's all good fun. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on twitter at dw that's roboheads spelled with a z 
And you can find my apps at roboheads.com. Again, that's roboheads spelt with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at davenot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore davenot.com.